You're listening to a Soulfire Productions podcast. Welcome to Wellness Realness, where we get very real about all things health and wellness, physical, mental, financial, and spiritual. I'm your host, Christina Rice, a nutritional therapy practitioner and energy healer turned holistic business coach for ambitious entrepreneurs. And I'm here to help you up-level every aspect of your life. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You can find an endless amount of content from me and join my online membership at christinaricewellness.com. And if you want exclusive behind-the-scenes content and my most unfiltered self, DM a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review to Wellness Realness Crew on Instagram and request to follow my super secret account. You can also join the Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe Facebook group to hang out with other listeners in the crew. Get ready for some wellness realness. Wearing blue light blocking glasses is one of the easiest biohacks you can introduce into your life to support your sleep, to balance out your hormones, to improve your mood, and to improve your energy levels. And that's why I really want to share with you my favorite blue blocker company, Blue Blocks. I've tried so many different types of blue light blocking glasses over the years, and these by far give the best results because they are 100% backed by the science. Orange lenses are only blocking a part of the blue and green light spectrum that disrupts our circadian rhythm which in turn causes health issues. But Blue Blocks has red lenses, their Sleep Plus red lens, that are tested to make sure they're blocking that full spectrum so that you get better sleep, deeper sleep, less anxiety, and ultimate relaxation. I like to wear my Sleep Plus red lens with the Parker frame as soon as the sun goes down. And then during the day, I wear the Blue Light Clear lens, which is a blue light filtering lens for the daytime, best for people who work in more natural lighting. But if you work in more artificial lighting or you struggle with seasonal depression, I would recommend the Summer Glow Yellow Lens. These daytime glasses will help reduce migraines, headaches, macular degeneration, and digital eye strain, which is super important if you're on a screen all day. Like me, I notice that my head hurts, I feel foggy, I get moody, I'm just really cranky if I don't wear my blue light clear lens. They have about 20 different frames to pick from, so you'll definitely find something that you like. I get compliments on these glasses all the time, and you can also send in your own frames or use their custom-made prescription service if you'd like something a little bit more customized. And if you really want to amp up your sleep game, check out their Remedy Sleep Mask, which is a 100% light-blocking sleep mask. This has changed the game for me. And for every pair of glasses they sell, Blue Box will donate a pair of reading glasses to Restoring Vision, who gifts them to someone in need. So if you want to get your hands on the best blue light blockers on the market, just go to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S for 15% off. Again, that's blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com and my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S will get you 15% off. When you use these every day, trust me, you'll notice a huge improvement in your productivity, your mood, your energy, and of course, your sleep. So as I am currently running my group business coaching program for health and wellness practitioners, I am creating a lot of course content and doing a lot of brainstorming and something that just keeps coming up for me, especially for people who are first starting out in their business is what are the things that I wish I knew (laughs) before I started my business? Looking back, what are the things that 
I would do differently. And I mean, in reality, I wouldn't do anything differently, right? Because had I done something differently, I wouldn't be where I am at today. And I love where I'm at today. But I think there's definitely value in looking back and seeing where you could have done something smarter, more efficiently, that would have set you up for things to be easier later on. And now as I'm helping other people grow and scale their businesses, I really want to share that with them so they don't have to make some of the same mistakes I did or reach the same stumbling blocks. I have stumbled on my face many times while building this business, but also feel like I had such an advantage in business because I've had access to so many incredible mentors and people who have built such incredible businesses that early on, I was able to see different ways of running different types of businesses and different ways to scale and just observing and seeing other other people's trials and errors and successes, which then led me to just jumping in the ring and trying it out for myself. And some things worked, some things didn't. And I feel like educating myself a lot along the way and having mentorship allowed me to not stumble as much as other people who just went into it by themselves without trying to learn as much as they could about the ways that other people run their businesses. And I also feel like there are a lot of things, I mean, I look back on, I I have five main things I wanted to cover today that I wish I knew when I first started my business or things I might've done differently, but there's always a way to make it work and to shift and adjust, right? I've obviously made it work. So whether or not you are first starting out, this could be really helpful. And some of these things, I remember people telling me when I first started out, but I just was like, eh, you know, it's okay. I don't really need to do that. And now I look back and think, yep, should have listened. So before I hop into the five things I wish I knew when I first started my business, let me just give you an overview of my history with business. Well, really just the relevant portions. So when I was in college, I worked in HR and operations for a radar development company. And then I worked in marketing and PR. I worked for a fashion PR company in Los Angeles and then a health and wellness PR company in LA. And also I started off writing for and then became the editor for an online women's magazine at UCLA and then also being other clubs where I was in leadership roles for marketing. Those experiences taught me a lot about content, media, the health and wellness industry, working with celebrities, and just the operations side of running businesses. And I got to see a lot of different business structures. And then I started my blog. And then I started working for Jordan from The Balanced Blonde and was her assistant. And I learned so much from her about running a business, managing partnerships, monetizing a blog, content creation, scaling, growing. And then I started my podcast. And then shortly after she started her podcast, so I became more involved in helping her with that. And so I was getting to see the different ways of running podcasts because there was how I was doing mine and I was a really small show and she was doing hers and hers was a big show and the different types of partnerships. And I mean, I think there's just a technique to content creation and monetizing that. So I learned a ton, a ton from that. And I don't think I would be able to do what I do today to have jumped into that role without that experience. And then I got my health coaching certification and I started coaching people. And after that, I became a nutritional therapy practitioner. When I became an NTP, a functional NTP, I 
already had my business pretty much going. That was more just for the letters and for more education. And before I started that, I was just working for myself. I was no longer working for Jordan. So become an NTP, I already had my practice going. And then fast forward, I become a Reiki practitioner and start a Reiki practice. And so then what my business looked like was a mixture of, and well, still a mixture of podcast, running a blog, Instagram, partnerships with different brands, online courses and programs. So group coaching, one-on-one client, virtual coaching practice and in-person practice selling ebooks, as well as having a membership on my website, and then also throwing different events and some retreats. So I had run a lot of different business models and integrated a lot of different business models. And all of those experiences I had had before really set me up to be able to understand how to make the most of what I had and realize that I did not need a big audience to make a solid income. What I needed was to have multiple revenue streams. I wanted at least five revenue streams. I decided that when I was 20. And just to be smart about what I was doing and focus on quality in terms of content, relationships, offerings for different people, and just using what I had rather than thinking, oh, I have to hit this level or do this thing to get what I want and just being incredibly resourceful. But I've learned a lot along the way, and that's why I wanted to share these five things I wish I knew when I started my business. And if you are any type of online health and wellness coach, if you're trying to build a business online, working with clients, or you know, running group programs, courses, even selling eBooks, this could really help you and just kind of keep you focused, or even just boost what you're already doing. You're like, yeah. I'm doing that. Awesome. Or even if you're just an entrepreneur and not any type of coach or health practitioner. So hopefully it helps to learn what I wish I had known when I first started my business or what, you know, looking back, if I start all over, what would I change? And these are just five things. And I could probably do another one of these episodes later on with another five or 10, but let's start with these five. So the first thing I wish I did looking back was I wish I had focused on just one main platform trying to run a blog, a very active Instagram, and a podcast was biting off more than I could chew. I was also kind of trying to do Facebook and Twitter, a half-assed effort at that, having my Facebook group too. There was just a lot of different platforms to keep track of. But even just looking at having a blog where I was very active because my blog wasn't something where I blogged once a month. It was, you know, in college, I was blogging almost every single day. It's always been something I kept up with consistently. I have a ton of content on there because I was blogging regularly for so long. And so keeping up with that, plus podcasting every week and then moving that to two podcasts a week. And then being on Instagram every day, writing posts there that take a lot of time, as well as being on Instagram stories and then you know, filming videos for IGTV or recently I've been putting some more YouTube videos on, but I just kind of use that more so I can put the video on my blog versus I don't consider myself to have a YouTube channel really. I just needed something to upload the videos to. But I see a lot of people working with so many different platforms and 
in some ways, you know, when I was first starting, there's there's a power to that because it's this omnipresence, right? Someone sees me everywhere. And that has helped me in some ways. But I wish when I was first getting started, I had really just focused on one main platform and put all my energy there and grown there. And then as my business grew and expanded and I had flipped things around, so I had more time in my day, outsourced more things, then adding in other platforms. And I know a lot of people get really overwhelmed with all the different platforms. They're thinking, I have to be on Instagram, I have to write my blog, should I start a podcast, should I be on YouTube? Whew, that's a lot of stuff. No. I don't think so. I think you should focus on one main platform, the platform that excites you the most, the platform where you can regularly, consistently put out great content. Some people freaking love editing YouTube videos. They think it's so fun. It's creative. Some people do not like video. They don't have that artistic eye. Some people love blogging. They love to write. They're just natural writers. Other people are just more of a visual or audio person. Some people love to talk, to chat, to have conversations. They thrive in social situations. They might be great at podcasting if they best convey information through talking. Whereas others, maybe that's super uncomfortable for them and they feel like they just don't do very well recording themselves, but they're really great at writing. Some people like long form, some people like short. I think there's a balance here between what excites you and feels super in alignment for you and is something that you want to keep up with, as well as where is your audience hanging out? Are they the type that's going to go to a website and read a blog? Are they the type that's only on Instagram? Are they the type that's pretty much on Facebook and you could maybe put a lot of content on Facebook or maybe they're on TikTok now? Figuring out where your audience is or do they only watch videos? Are they only on YouTube? Figure out where your ideal client is looking, what they're watching, reading, where they're going. Because I can promise you that an 18-year-old female is looking at different content than a 28-year-old female who is looking at different content than a 25-year-old male who is looking at very different content than a 45-year-old woman or man who all might have different interests. So they're all looking in different places. They're consuming different types of media. So meet that person where they're at. And even with a website, I think so many people feel like they have to build out this huge big website. And I would say if you're a coach just trying to get started and get clients and all of your clients are on Instagram, don't bother spending a lot of time or money on a website. You could have a landing page. You could have something super simple. You don't even necessarily have to have one. Put your content on Instagram. I would say save it all because Instagram might go down one day, but focus your efforts in one place so people know, oh, if I want everything from from her, from him, I'm going to go straight there. Especially when you're first starting out and you really just want to keep up with regular quality content, put it in one place just for your your own <laughs> mental space so you only have to focus in one area and for your new audience so they know, oh, all of her, all of her stuff is right there because people don't have time to look at your YouTube channel and then your website and then your podcast and your Instagram. It's a lot of information and most people don't have time to see everything unless they're already super invested in that person and they just want to look at all of their content. So I would say focus on one main platform and also looking at the trends here, right? What's trending right now, Instagram and TikTok, and that will probably change. Leaning more towards that as well as where your ideal client is, what you're excited about in producing that type of content, becoming a master there, and then sprinkling other things when your business is kind of grown and built and 
you really feel like you have that under control. So looking back, I wish I had just really focused on building out this epic blog where everybody came or just focused on building up the podcast, put all of my efforts there rather than dipping my hands in so many different pots and only being able to give 50% of my brain space to everything, but trying to give 150 and then wiping myself out in the process. It was just too much to keep track of and really unnecessary to do all of that when I could have just focused on one thing and then added other platforms in later on. I mean, plus the Instagram, or I wish I had just stuck with Instagram and done everything on there and saved all my posts and my videos But I really just think focusing on one main platform is the best way to go for everyone and just not biting off more than you can chew, which is one of the biggest mistakes I think people make is trying to do so much at once and then burning themselves out before they even get started. Sometimes slow and steady wins the race. Focus on one thing. This leads me to the next thing I wish I knew or rather did when I started my business, which is niching down niche, niche, whatever you want to say. Both are correct according to the dictionary and I just tend to switch it up depending on my mood, I suppose. But niching down, this is something that I resisted for so long and really shot myself in the foot because of that and something that when I'm working with clients, they often resist or are afraid of at first because they feel like they're pigeonholing themselves into something. And what if I change my mind? What if I want to talk about this thing or that thing that feels unrelated? So many different limiting beliefs come up around this, but this is one of the most important things you can do to attract in the right audience, the right client, and grow your business in so many different ways. Grow yourself as an expert in solving one specific problem, and then you can always expand out from there. But niching down allows you to get just get really clear on what you're offering, who you're talking to, which allows you to create much more targeted content, provide much more specific solutions that are really going to get that person results, and gives you a space to stand out in what feels like a saturated market sometimes. And I mean, the market is saturated. Every market's saturated. There's so much content out there. There's so many people out there, but that doesn't mean that there's not enough space. There's more than enough space for everybody. It's just about getting yourself the visibility, which anyone anyone can get if you just go with the right strategy, you work in alignment and getting clear on who you want to talk to and what you want to be talking about is really important and getting clear on what client you want to work with. Because when you can get so specific about your ideal client, who that person is, you can really speak to them and attract in that exact person. And they're going to feel like, holy shit, how is she in my head? She knows what I'm thinking. She knows what I'm feeling. She's been where I've been. I have to work with her. That creates that urgency around it, that, that drive. For example, when I'm listening to somebody and I feel like, oh my gosh, she's describing the exact specific problems I've been facing. She's feeling the exact same emotions. I haven't heard somebody use the words in my head before like this. I suddenly have this feeling in my gut where I just go, I have to work with that person. I have to be in their ecosystem. I need to learn exactly what helped her because she is me, right? You suddenly get this little blip of hope. Like this person gets it. This person has overcome that specific issue that I'm having. I have to work with them. And that is how you get somebody to literally ask you to take their money (laughs) because they trust you. If you feel like you're putting out really great content and you're really knowledgeable and you can help so many people, but you're not 
attracting in the number of clients you want. You're not getting the audience you want. I really encourage you to take a step back and see if you are as specific as you can be. The more specific, the better. Like really get as specific as you can because when you get as specific as you can, you're so clear on who your audience is. You can talk directly to that person and that drives people to ask you a lot more questions than if you're just talking in generalities. It goes back to if you're trying to talk to everyone, you're talking to no one. What do you think is more enticing to a consumer? I'm going to help you feel your healthiest and reach all of your health goals. That's great. That's exciting, right? What about... I'm going to help you finally get rid of your bloating, have regular bowel movements every day, and have the confidence to wear what you want, when you want, never have any more embarrassing digestive issues. Or I can help you clear that stubborn acne without medication so you don't have to keep buying all these random products that aren't doing anything for you. You're going to love taking pictures of yourself and seeing yourself in pictures again. You're going to have that fresh glowing skin that you deserve and you won't have to pile on pounds of makeup anymore because you'll finally have your dream skin. I could go on with different examples, but do you see how when you get specific and those examples I just gave are just things I thought of right now, I could get way more specific, but that's the starting place. And then this is the work I do with my clients is we dive so, so deep. So what I just gave feels relatively general, but at least it's giving me the direction of a niche. And from there, you do the work to dive really, really deep and figure out exactly who you want to be talking to. But even just from those examples, can you see how I'm attracting a very different type of person? Even from those descriptions of what I said I could help somebody with, you might have imagined a very specific type of person versus when I'm saying, oh, I'll help you feel your best and improve your health. Does someone specific come to mind? No. And it becomes so much easier to create content when you know exactly who your ideal client is, exactly who you want to attract in, and makes your work so much more fun because you'll be interacting with your ideal person. That's really how you build this community. It's a community of people who are going through something similar, want to overcome something similar, want to be in the vibration of somebody who has overcome that. It feels very specific and it feels individualized even though it is information put out into the collective. That's how you make content and offers that are put out into the big world where so many people could come get it feel very individualized. It's going to be a lot harder for you to gain traction if you don't have a niche. And I just think this is the most important thing. And I think about this quite often. Looking back, when I first started my business, I could have gone in so many different directions, but I was afraid of picking one thing because I was worried I would pigeonhole myself. I wouldn't be able to talk about the other things. I have so many different interests that I want to talk about. And this was just not the right mindset, needed to be reframed. I always think... Going back, if I were to do it over again, I would have either just niched into beauty counter clean beauty or just done overcoming amenorrhea or just gut health and overcoming SIBO or candida, one of those things, or even just cutting sugar. That's where I started, but I felt like I had so many different interests and things I was going to that it was almost analysis paralysis and I never really niched and so I had to work extra hard to kind of make a name for myself and make it clear about what my offerings were 
And it, it was a lot harder to grow in that aspect. And with clients, it took me a long time to figure out why I was sometimes bringing in, attracting in clients that weren't exactly the type of person I wanted to work with. And it was really because of the energy I was putting out there. And I wasn't being clear enough. So the audience wasn't clear enough on what what results they could get from working with me. And this is just one of the most important things that people should know. And a lot of people hear that advice. I had heard that advice to niche down, but I just was like, no, I can do it. Other people don't have to. And there are certain types of coaching where you don't have to be as specific as others. But in general, my advice would be look at your pages and content and see if you can get any more specific You want it to be so incredibly clear within five seconds what you're the expert on, what results you can give someone, and why they should pay attention to you. What problem are you solving? Let's move on to number three, and this is building your email list. This is something I really regretted not working on straight from the get-go. I had been building my Instagram following and my podcast and my client base and my website in terms of users and views. And I had a lot of people coming in, but then I realized, wow, I don't have anyone on an email list. And one of my biggest regrets is not having started building my email list and focusing on that much earlier on, like straight from the start. Your email list is incredibly important for a few reasons. The first being, if anything happens, if any of the social media platforms go down, you still have a way to contact everybody who is in your ecosystem, everybody who's invested in you. You own that email list. No one can take that away from you. And you have a way to get into that person's inbox directly, especially with Instagram. I mean, I have friends who overnight something happened, they got hacked, something happened with Instagram, and suddenly they've lost all of their followers and have to start from scratch. And that's pretty scary. But when you have an email list, you own that, you have those emails, and you always have a way to connect with the people who are following you, who are invested in your work, who want more from you. So having control over that is very important, as is quite literally just getting in somebody's inbox. People are far more likely to purchase something or click on a link when it's in an email than they are on social media or just in passing. And there are Plenty of people who like to buy things or open things on social media, on their phones, but the majority of people, when they're on their computer checking email, that's more of the mental state they want to be in to really read something, look into it, think about if they want to buy it and actually purchase. For example, I know myself, I never buy anything straight off my phone. I might see something I'm interested in buying, but it's not unless I'm on my computer that I'm actually doing any purchasing action. And usually when I am looking at content on my phone. I'm kind of on the go. I'm not in the mental space to sit down and really focus. I'm maybe getting primed to purchase something, but I'm not making a full investment off of something that I saw on my phone. And also I usually forget, right? Versus if it's in my email inbox, I'll remember it. I'm sitting down. I'm in a place where I could make that purchase. I can I can make that next step. I'm there, I'm in the headspace, but oftentimes people don't actually take action on their phone or they forget about what they saw. So building that email list is just really important so that you have all of those addresses so you can alert people when you come out with a new product or a new service, which is incredibly important because people don't see everything on social media. That is the surest way somebody will 
see what you're trying to get them to read. When you have the algorithm working against you and just so much content out there, people are inundated with information and it's pretty common for people to not even realize that maybe it's your launch week or you're selling something new or you're offering a new service. But the chances of them finding out the information for sure are much higher when you are shooting them an email. And I can definitely tell you from my own personal experience that I make the most conversions through email. And the people who purchase me usually see the offer on the email. I would say 95% of the time it's through email. It's so interesting just to look at the numbers, but also in talking to people, it's crazy how, you know, maybe it's launch week for my program and I'm on Instagram every single day, Instagram stories talking about it. I am posting about it on Facebook every day. I am posting about it on my feed every day. I am annoying the crap out of myself just talking about the same shit over and over again. (laughs) I'm like, okay, everyone on earth has to know I'm launching this thing. And then after enrollment closes, I'll always have people say, oh my gosh, I had no idea you were opening up the group program again. How can I get in? And I just think, oh my gosh, it's just so easy for people to miss because it might not show up on their Instagram feed or their stories reel, or maybe they were just having a busy week and didn't look at social media. People, I think sometimes content creators and coaches anyone selling a service forgets that everybody else is running around living their daily life. They've got a lot going on in their heads. Life is happening and they aren't as concentrated on what we are doing as we are. We are always the ones concentrated on what we are doing. So if you feel like you're being annoying and telling everybody what's going on, I can guarantee you only 10% of people know what's going on and they probably only heard 20% of what you said. I'm just making these numbers up, but you know what I mean. And I've experienced this with every launch I've had or whenever I I open up spots for coaching, people always say, oh my gosh, I wish I had enrolled. Like These are people who I know keep up to date with my content. They're super invested emotionally. They love to support me. And these are people who really genuinely wanted to be a part of it. And they missed it because they they didn't see what was posted on social media because anything on social media is really easy, really easy to miss. And I mean, nowadays even emails are easy to miss, but the chance of someone opening that and seeing what you have to say and having the right mental space in that moment to really internalize what you're offering is much higher when they're on their email account. And training people to open your emails is a whole other topic. (laughs) It's for another day. But building your email list is just so incredibly helpful. And look, you can absolutely build a business without one. But if anything goes wrong, you might be SOL. And it's just in your best interest to do so. And if you focus on your email list, you will make a lot more conversions. I can guarantee you. And if you don't have an email list, don't fret. Just start now. Build one now. And... It will serve you well in the future. There's, it's never too late to start, but I just really recommend having this. And I really wish I had started off from the beginning focusing a lot more on building my email list. I think if you're trying to build anything, focus on building your email list. So many people come to me wanting to build their Instagram following and then we need to reframe that, you know, ch- change that perspective because that's not what it's about necessarily. Sometimes that happens organically, but if you really want to focus on building one thing, it should not be your Instagram following. It should be your email list. Let's move into number four. The fourth thing 
I wish I knew earlier on when I first started my business is investing in myself and my business. And I kind of see the two as the same because I I am my business, right? If I don't invest in myself, I cannot show up fully for my clients, for my audience and create the best content possible and provide the best services possible. So it is sort of one and the same. And I think when I first got into this work, I was a little nervous to put money into myself and my business. I definitely put money into my business, but I was very conservative and I'm not saying everybody needs to throw a shit ton of money into their business. I mean, there's a lot you can do for no money at all, but to be totally honest, you know, you you can get the ball rolling, but really if you want to up level and reach a certain a certain point in your business, your chances are going to be 98% higher if you invest in in yourself and your business. And it took me a long time to figure out that a lot of people know how to scale and grow because they have invested in mentorship or a mastermind. And on some level, people pay for a network. So I felt super fortunate that I got a great network just circumstantially because of opportunities I had with my, with my job living in Los Angeles, who I was connected with that taught me a lot. Had I not had that, I really would have needed to invest in some type of business coach or mentorship mastermind, something that could have given me that network and ways to grow. Because honestly, just to be totally honest, knowing the right people really helps you. Connections really, really can help you. And if you feel like you don't have any connections, then that doesn't mean your business cannot boom. You can grow a lot on your own, but on some level, go make connections. And you don't have to invest to make connections, but at some point, it's going to be very much worth it. And I started to realize that I needed to always invest in some type of mentorship for myself. So even when I felt like I didn't really need the business support, I was investing in other forms of mentorship. I think investing in personal development it is so incredibly crucial. And I think people don't realize that's a way of investing in your business. So for me, spiritual mentorship has been the most crucial. I never invested in any formal business mentorship until recently when I really wanted to exponentially grow my business. And until that point, I was focusing more on the energetics and growing my intuition and got a lot of guidance from different healers. And then also investing in education in terms of different conferences or courses. I have invested in so many different programs and courses sometimes so I can learn, but usually not even so I can learn about the actual content more so that I can learn about different people's business strategies and kind of copy those or adjust them. I bought so many people's programs just to do research for my own in terms of what do I like about this layout? What do I not like? How much value do they provide and what pricing came with that? It's just another way of investing in my business, you know? So investing can look so many different ways. You know, getting energy healing so that you can clear off the energy from interacting with so many different people, some sometimes really draining situations. Emotions can be high and intense sometimes working with clients, especially and especially if you are touching anyone, that's a really strong energy exchange. So I think that getting cleared energetically and just working with somebody in that aspect is really helpful. 
and even just life coaching, right? I, I know so many people whose businesses just explode when they get a life coach. And you don't have to have all of these people, but mentorship is so, so critical. And I would not be who I am today without mentorship that has shown up in a variety of different ways. Sometimes that's formally paying to work with somebody one-on-one. Sometimes that is just having this really strong connection and they kind of take that role in my life. And I have found that the more time I invest in personal development, self-development, mentorship, the more money I make because I am increasing my vibration, learning new ways to approach the goal getting more in touch with my own intuition, what's in alignment, seeing different business strategies, becoming aware of my weaknesses, my business's weaknesses, learning from other people's mistakes, that's setting me ahead. So right now, for example, I have a spiritual mentor. I have an energy mentor. I have my beauty counter mentor. I have a business mentor. And then within there, I weave in different types of healers that I see maybe not weekly or monthly, but regularly, right? And I, over the years, have also, you know, have people mentor me with health and wellness and with other areas of my life because I think partially in order to be able to mentor and guide other people, you have to have gone through that experience yourself. I learned so much just from my interaction with the people who mentor me and I can take what what resonates with me and what doesn't and use that to apply to my own clients. So this is a really great way to continue learning techniques while in the field, right? Out in life, you're improving yourself and also learning from somebody who you want as your example. And when choosing a mentor, it needs to be somebody who really resonates with you and who, you know, for whatever they're mentoring you in you should want what they have in that area of their life, right? So if you're looking for a business mentor, work with somebody who has the type of business that you would want something similar to and who approaches business the same way you want to approach it. So if you are somebody who is super strategic, you just want laid out plan, you like a formula to follow, then maybe that's one type of business coach. Maybe you like to really be in your masculine energy. Maybe that's one type of person, but maybe you're more feminine and more creative. That can be a different type of mentor. Maybe you're really more focused on the energetics and the alignment and want a different type of mentor. So there are plenty of different options, but find someone that resonates with you. And I think it took me too long to, to really invest in mentorship. I was looking for it for free for a long time. And that got me to a certain place, but it wasn't until I was putting big money in that I started getting big money out. Because when you pay someone big money, they're so invested in you. Like they are so invested in you. They're giving you all the juice, all the details, giving you everything. And that is you signaling to the universe, hey, I'm going to put this money in, right? Because I know I trust that it's going to come back to me. Whenever people aren't ready to invest in their businesses, it's really just subconsciously they are not ready for their business to grow. That's them saying no to themselves and to their business. If you really believe in yourself and really believe that your business can grow and scale and you can create your dream business, which you absolutely should because it's available to anybody, then you shouldn't have a problem putting in money because you will know I will get that back and not only get it back, but get it back tenfold. And I swear, even if you learn nothing from a mentorship, If that person is high vibration, 
in my opinion, it is literally worth it to pay to be in that person's energy because you can only increase your vibrations being around somebody of a higher vibration than you. So if you are just trying to brainstorm business ideas with your friends who are all making about the same amount of money as you, kind of at the same point in your business, then you're only going to reach a certain level, right? You have to up-level who you are around and who's in your ecosystem, who you are around vibrationally so that your frequency can up-level to match theirs. And if you feel like you are this ambitious go-getter entrepreneur, you you have big dreams, you want to have a big business, and the people in your life just don't have those same goals, then it's very, very important to invest in some mentorship, some type of group, so that you can be around like-minded people who are at that higher frequency so that you can get to that vibration. And this is why I have my group business coaching program, which is a great option. Some people love one-on-one, but some people want that group support. And it's about being around super high vibe women who all have the same dreams, goals, aspirations, and are supporting each other to get there and getting access to the frequency of what I have built and my network and all the people I have in my ecosystem. And that's all super powerful. So if you're interested in that, having access to that type of community And my business strategy and my approach is super customized, individualized, and really holistic because I like to use the, I think the energetics of business is so important, just as important as strategy, really blending the masculine and feminine and creating a business that feels fully in alignment, won't burn you out, but will get you those five-figure months, that six-figure business, work through those money blocks, those limiting beliefs. And I tell every woman that I work with, you know, your business is going to up-level, but I think the most powerful part of this experience is your personal development and personal growth because you're going to come out of these three months feeling like a completely different person and just really stepping into your highest self and investing in yourself, investing in your business with some type of mentorship is the most powerful way to step into that highest version of yourself because you are saying, hey, I am worth this. I am opening up enrollment again for my business group coaching program. So if you are a health and wellness coach who wants that mentorship, mastermind, the holistic approach to business, and you really are just ready to get over your limiting beliefs, exceed your sales goals, and up-level, then reach out to me and we will chat about if it's a good fit. And I really just feel like investing in yourself is the little hush-hush secret that I didn't understand for so long. I remember thinking, I have no idea how the people around me, some of them would be growing faster than me, growing their businesses so much faster. And I was thinking, how do they know what to do? What's going on? What's happening? How are they connected with that person? Or I would I would realize how my connection and the people informally mentoring me helped me so much. And I would think, I wouldn't know this information or know these secrets, these tips and tricks without access to these people. So how are people doing it? How, like what's going on? And it wasn't until like a couple years later that I found out, Hey, everyone is investing in a business coach or a mastermind or something. And that's how they figure this all out. And I really wish I had just invested in business mentorship straight off the bat. Instead of wasting so much time trying to figure it out on my own, I could have been a hundred steps ahead had I learned from somebody who had the type of business I wanted and just 
put that money down, I would have made all that money back so much faster than I did without any direct mentorship because just having someone to focus on you and really see your business and give you that outside perspective and hold space for you to step into your highest self like that is invaluable and is really what allows people to up level because I mean, more than half of business is mindset and energetics. Connections, your network, it all plays into that. Having the right community and support, super important. It's time for the final thing, the fifth thing I wish I knew when I first started my business. And that is the importance of boundaries and building in rest times, which I feel like are very similar, which is why I'm grouping them together. Boundaries. This is with work time and with clients. And the two are related. So I think a lot of times when people first start off in their business, they're so amped. They have all this energy. They're so excited. They're so ready to just build this thing and hit their revenue goals. And it's just this big, exciting thing. And you just want to work all day long. And if you're a human design generator in alignment, then you probably can and you can go for it. But for the rest of the population, you'll probably burn yourself out. Even if you are a generator, a human design generator, you still need to rest, okay? And I made this mistake of working, working, working. I was so focused. I was so excited. I had so much I want to do. And I just worked all day, every day. And I burnt myself out so hard. My health went in the tank. And I ended up having to completely stop working for a few months. And then it took me probably a solid year to kind of get fully back on my feet. I don't even know exactly when it was. I was in Los Angeles and it just hit a point where I was so overwhelmed, so burnt out. My health just was shot again. I could barely function and I I couldn't handle it anymore. So I had to stop seeing all of my clients and just really stop quite literally everything to recover. And I mean, I had major HPA axis dysfunction to say the least. It's about building something that is very sustainable. And so if what you're doing right now isn't sustainable long-term, we need to take a step back and figure out where those boundaries are. And that's not to say there's never a time to hustle. I am a big believer in the hustle. I love to hustle, but there's also a time to flow and a time to rest. And it's about balancing that. And I also don't think the hustling should feel painful. The hustling should come when we feel excited and energized and inspired. And when we don't feel those things, we need to flow. And we also need to build in rest times because it's easy to think, oh, I have all this energy for all of these weeks on end or all of these days. And then you get burnt out and you can't do anything. And it hits you before you know it, before you see it coming. And so you really don't want to wait until you get totally burnt out to make changes from the beginning. It's important to have those boundaries, build in those rest times. So for you with work hours, work time, screen time. This will really, really serve you. And this is something I'm super passionate about with business coaching. And I think a lot of people overlook with business mentorship is it's very important for the person who's trying to build their business to take care of their own health, right? Their mental health, their personal health, their emotional health. And we have to build that into the schedule. If your health goes down, your business goes down, right? So it's really important to take care of yourself. And what does this look like? So maybe specific business hours. For some people that works, for some people it doesn't. Having at least one full day off a week, if not more, it's about working smarter, not harder. But giving yourself that time off just resets your brain, allows you to be more creative. We need open space to be able to find inspiration and creativity and just rejuvenate us, revive us so that we can move into the next the next week, the next day, 
feeling super clear, focused, and energized. Even if you think that you don't need it, you need the rest day. It's like working out, right? People can work out seven days a week maybe, but eventually it's going to catch up to them and they are going to have hormonal issues, adrenal issues, maybe start gaining weight. It all moves backwards. With business, it's the same way. You have to build in those rest days. And really prioritizing sleep, I think this is the most important thing. There's this whole portion of the the business world that really glorifies work, work, work. I don't have time to sleep. I never sleep. Okay, this is just a really immature way to live. And guess what? As an entrepreneur, there are some days when you might not get as much sleep as others. But if you want to do the best thing for your business, for your clients, for your content creation, you have to take care of your sleep. Because if your brain is not functioning properly, if your body is not functioning properly, you cannot show up fully. And I just can't reiterate this enough because for so long I thought I didn't need the level of boundaries that I really need now. And this is also really important for people who are on different platforms. So for me, I will get really burnt out if, you know, I'm waking up and I have texts where there's work-related information in my text messages and I go to my Gmail and then I'm on Instagram and I'm answering messages and creating content in there. And then I go out to dinner that night and somebody's talking about work and then I come home and this new piece of content I had to create and suddenly my entire day is about work and I love my work and it's so fun, but my my brain, if my brain never got a rest during that day, then it's going to be really hard for me to give it my all the next day. It's It's energetically draining, right? Because we are exchanging energy with people. So we have to take that time to reset. This is where I think time blocking can be incredibly helpful, saying these are my hours to do this, these are my minutes to do this task specifically, and then after that, it's done. And also having a hard stop time for working and being very clear on the most important things you have to get done that day. Because with entrepreneurship, the to-do list is truly never-ending. So we have to create a stop point for ourselves because otherwise it will never come and we'll burn ourselves out. So maybe this is, you know, I I know I need to finish these three main tasks and or finish by this time. And the cool thing is, as an entrepreneur, you have the freedom to adjust those hours. There are some days when I don't work the full first half of the day and I actually, my working hours are maybe from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. That happens sometimes if I'm out in the morning. Or sometimes I'm just working midday or sometimes I'm just working in the morning or sometimes I take two days off in the middle of the week, but then I work Saturday and Sunday. So we have that time freedom, but it's still really important to build in that rest and build in the boundaries with our time and how much we're working. And this is also really related to clients and interacting with people. So there has to be some type of boundaries with notifications with how people can contact you and when they can contact you. So if you're working with clients, it is crucial that what, before you start working with them, you're very clear on how and when they can contact you and making sure that this is something that you can handle and maintain. And for me personally, I prefer to keep any one-on-one client interaction within Voxer because this is a separate app. I can voice message them. It's just different versus if people can text me, now suddenly I'm getting really stressed out because I'm going into my text messages to answer my mom's question about something she found in my childhood bedroom. But I'm also seeing this thing about work and I am not in the mental space. And I know every time I open up Voxer, okay, I'm here, I'm ready, I'm present, I can answer the questions, let's go. 
But, you know, if my friend texts me to see what time to pick me up and it's 7 p.m. on a Saturday night and then I'm getting a work-related text in there as well, suddenly I'm stressed out and I can't fully be present and enjoy my Saturday evening, which I'm entitled to. Especially with a career where it can be all day long and I, I see a lot of people getting sucked in the Instagram trap and I think this is actually something I have been really good with where I have very strict Instagram usage rules for myself, I suppose. But when I'm on Instagram, I'm on Instagram. I'm focused, I'm present, I'm there, and I have a specific amount of time I can I can use it for every single day. And then outside of that, I'm off of it. And what I didn't get to has to get done the next day. But when I first started working with clients, I would say my first year and a half of seeing clients, I was not clear with my boundaries. And then even when I was, I would let people cross those boundaries. And that was my own problem. That was what I allowed. So it's being very clear. I'm available Monday through Friday business hours, which are these times by email or by Voxer. Or if you allow text messages, then that's fine, right? But know what your boundaries are and that's unique to you. And also, you know, the type of client you're working with and what's your business model. So that's all individualized, but be very clear about your boundaries and then stick to them. When I first started, I had people sign a contract saying I'm available via email Monday through Friday from nine to five. And I usually respond within 48 hours. Anything that requires longer than a two sentence response needs to be in a session. But I didn't stick to my guns and suddenly I was getting emails that were five paragraphs long all day every day and I was responding and when you give people an inch, they tend to go a mile, especially when they're just really struggling with their health. So then suddenly I'm spending 45 minutes typing out one email when it really should have been in a session. And then really the bigger issue for me was people having access to my phone number, clients had access to my phone number and just for the type of person I am and how I'm such an empath and just can get drained so energetically if I don't have clear boundaries and the type of client I was working with, which is a lot of chronic illness and at the time a lot of uh, clients who had eating disorders, they really needed a lot of support and in that type of package that I was offering, I was clear that communication needed to be in sessions and like I said, you know, a short email just to check in, quick questions could be fine. But these clients who had my phone number were calling me all day, texting me all day. I would get calls at midnight, 3 a.m., Friday, Saturday night. I would be out to dinner with friends. I'd be at birthday parties and be getting frantic texts and calls. And emotionally, that's not like, I can't just ignore that because I love my clients so much and I'm so invested in them, but also that's a clear crossing of the boundary where I need to be able to enjoy my Saturday night, whether that be out with people, taking care of my own mental health or sleeping. And that really burnt me out to the point where I just had to stop seeing all clients for a bit because a lot of people were crossing my boundaries because I I allowed it and I wasn't stricter. That was an energy I was putting out. We have to take responsibility for it, right? So we as practitioners need to set those clear boundaries and be just say, you know, this is how and when it is appropriate to communicate with me. And if somebody doesn't follow those guidelines, they break the contract. But that was a, a big learning lesson for me. And thankfully, since then, I have adjusted my energetics and I'm very firm and clear so I don't have this issue anymore. So now, because I feel like my boundaries are clearly defined and I have created a way of working with my clients that just feels really great for me, I never get drained because 
when I'm communicating with them, I'm, I'm in the mode, I'm ready, I'm energized. And when I need to rest and recover, I am not on my email, I'm not in my boxer, I'm not in the groups. That allows me to show up fully when I am ready. And I think sometimes practitioners feel pressured into being there for their clients literally 24-7 and they can call them, text them whenever. And this is really going to depend on your business structure and the type of person you're working with. But there's no reason to feel that pressure. You know, this is your business. You get to decide the terms. And I also don't think it does the client any favors to be holding their hand every single step of the way. People have to be able to go eight hours without communication with you and learn to make decisions without you. And this is also a way to layer in the pricing tier. So some of my clients do get almost 24-7 access to me. They're paying a premium price. They're getting a premium service. They're getting all of me. And because those boundaries, those outlines have been made. I am being fully compensated for that energy, for that work, for that support. I am there for it. I'm into it. I love it. I don't feel like any boundaries are crossed and it's great on both sides. And so that is a premium price, a VIP option compared to maybe some lower tier options where people get less support in between. It's all about managing your energy. And I think It's really important for people to remember that sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. When you go too fast, you never rest, you never stop. Sometimes things can spiral out of control. You can feel overwhelmed and you can burn out. And it's all about getting ahead of that, working smarter, not harder. And if you are a health and wellness practitioner and telling your clients how important it is to manage their stress and create boundaries and create balance in their lives, you need to lead by example and do that as well. We cannot fully create space, hold space for people, show up for them fully if we are not recharging ourselves and giving ourselves time to rest and recover. Sometimes you got to just lay on the couch and stare at the ceiling. I do not want you to feel guilty about going to the beach with your friends on Saturday. That's actually the beauty of entrepreneurship because you have time freedom. You can adjust your schedule to work in what you want to work in. If you work for yourself and have your own business then don't create the problem that other people have where they are locked into a nine to five or eight to six or 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. in some jobs and feel like their time is controlled and they can't have a social life. If you are an entrepreneur, there are definitely times when sometimes you have to sacrifice your social time. But on the other side of that, there are plenty of times where you have the opportunity and the privilege to create downtime and chill time so that you can be a better coach, a better content creator, a better entrepreneur. It's all about the rest time and the boundaries. Do not underestimate this. I have a role where anytime I finish a big project, launch something big, I have to go on a vacation and have at least two full days where I'm literally not doing anything related to my business. And even if I feel like I don't want to do that, I'm super excited. In the end, it's always so worth it. Get ahead of the burnout. All right, so those are five things I wish I knew when I started my business. Hopefully that was helpful. I mean, I could add more things to this list, but these were the top five I wanted to mention to you. They are simple, but the importance cannot be emphasized enough. And don't forget, if you are a health and wellness coach of any type, NTP, nutritionist, health coach, trainer, energy healer, and you are looking to 
build and scale your biz, hit those five-figure months, have the tools to continue to build and scale, have financial freedom, time freedom, without having to pay for advertising, without having to have a big following, create your dream biz in alignment and cut through all the bullshit when it comes to financial wellness, then reach out to me to hop on a discovery call to see if it's the right fit for you to join the next round of my group business coaching program and mentorship circle. Shoot me an email at christina at christinaricewellness.com or send me a message on Instagram, Christina Rice Wellness. And if you love behind the scenes and want juicy information about my thoughts, my daily life, just all the deets, you just love Wellness Realness unfiltered, check out the secret Instagram page, Wellness Realness Crew. If you want access to that, all you have to do is screenshot your iTunes rating and review and DM it to that account, Wellness Realness Crew. You have to send it to that account. And when I get that, I can accept your follow request. That's where all the juicy details are. I've been making videos on there. So much fun. All right, that's going to be it for today's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. And I will chat with you again next time. Bye. Bye.